The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of their organization. Welcome to the Enterprise Knowledge Cast. This is a look into the world of knowledge management, information management, data management, and everything in between. Uh, it's brought to you by EK, Enterprise Knowledge. I'm Zach Wall. I'm the founder and CEO of Enterprise Knowledge. Uh, today we're speaking with Bill Kaplan, founder and CEO of Working Knowledge CSP. Uh, Bill's a leading KM consultant with over 20 years of experience. He's also a good friend. Bill, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Zach. What did I miss in your bio? Anything else that the uh, listeners should know about you? I've been doing this for 20 years, like you said, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. So that's good. <laughs> awesome. Great. So let's dive right in. You know, one of the first things that I always like to ask a professional in the field is what their definition of knowledge management is. My perspective is that uh, it's such an abused term. So many people use it in so many different ways. A lot of people internal to organizations associate it with failed projects and a lot of talk and not enough action. How do you define KM? Yeah, good, good starting point. KM knowledge management has evolved over time. Back when I started, it was very straightforward. You were talking about knowledge sharing, capturing knowledge, collaboration. It's still all of those things. It encompasses a lot more than it originally did. I, I look at knowledge management as understanding how knowledge is used in an organization and how it flows within an organization. And it, and it encompasses a, a broad range of things between, besides collaboration and knowledge sharing, data science, artificial intelligence. Often not talked about, but a critical part of it is records management, library science. So when you think about knowledge, its use and its flow, it, it's, it encompasses all of that. If I was to define it the way I talk about it when people ask me what it is, and I, I talk about it in terms of the ability to capture, adapt, transfer, and reuse what you know about what you do to continuously improve your organization's performance at the individual team and organizational level. It, you know what I love about that definition are the verbs. I think that one of the best things we can do in the field of KM is talk about what you can do with it, what it results in. So say that again, adapt, transfer. Capture, adapt, transfer, and reuse what you know about what you do to continuously improve performance at the individual team and organizational level. Excellent. So there's another piece of this definition that I want to pull apart. You use the word knowledge, but then you talked about records and data, and I could infer documents and files as well as tacit knowledge. So when you say knowledge, you're really talking about a ton of different stuff within an organization, right? Yeah, very true. And I tell this story very often when I speak. Um, I was at a presentation in 2005, and somebody from the audience along the lines of what you were talking about just now said, well, how would you define knowledge? And it really kind of caught me off guard because I intuitively and inherently know what it is. And so I thought about it for a minute. And what I ended up with, which is actually the basis of how I view reuse and flow of knowledge, is that knowledge, simply stated, consists of two pieces. Information, which is codified and explicit. It's the kinds of things you can search for. You can see books and documents on your desk, things like that. Books in a library, for example. And then there's experience. It's it's the insight. It's what people know about what they do. It's how they connect the dots. It's how they understand how within a process, there are certain things that aren't written down that they know they need to do in order for it to work. So organizations that can leverage all of their information, codified and explicit, 
all of their experience, personal and tacit, are organizations that are much better able to adapt to change. And as I like to talk about it, operate faster than the speed of change because they have access to all of that information and all of that experience. So that's knowledge. Excellent. And explicit and experience. I I like that a lot, not just because uh, it, it really paints a picture of what somebody can do with it, the actions they can take, but also because it, it's very clear that that both explicit and experiential knowledge can take different forms. Sometimes it's a file, sometimes it's a database, sometimes it's within a collaborative platform. So both of those types of knowledge can exist in many different states within an organization. Is that right? Very true. Excellent. Okay, great. So, you know, it's interesting. We're seeing, especially due to the global pandemic, uh, I think more interested in KM than there has been in years. And so I've been getting the question recently about how I started in the field. And I'd love to hear from you. How did you begin in KM? Yeah, that's a really good story. (laughs) It's not like you think. So I retired from the Air Force in 1998. And um, I went to work for a company called SAIC, the old SAIC. I was hired on. And about a month or two after I got there, there was a sign in the hallway outside the part of the building where I was was working. And it said, Chief Knowledge Officer Kent Greenis is going to do a presentation on knowledge management. All invited. Said, oh, well, that, that sounds pretty good. So I, I went, I sat through the presentation and I, I wouldn't call it a revelation, but I had an aha. It was what I had been doing, the way I had been focused, uh, my leadership and my management style while I was in the Air Force. And what they were talking about is the kinds of things that we were doing that we didn't call knowledge management. It actually put me on the path of being able to put a name to it and understand that there was actually an evolving discipline behind it. And once I got into that, it became not only a passion, but something thoroughly enjoyable. And SCIZ was very flexible. They allowed me to move from what I was working on uh, full-time into knowledge management consulting. That's pretty much how it started. The luck of being there. I've always believed that, you know, how you do in life and where you go in your career 50% of it is being in the right place at the right time. And that was one of those circumstances. I've been in the wrong place at the wrong time, but that actually was a good one. I was in the right place at the right time. The wrong place at the wrong time are good stories too, but we'll uh, (laughs) have for the next podcast. For for now, kind of following up on that, if if somebody were interested in getting into the field to starting out, obviously they wouldn't be able to count on the the signs and revelations or potentially even their current employer being as flexible as yours was. So what advice do you have for somebody who who wants to move into the field? That's a really hard one. Um, Every once in a while, you know, I'm on LinkedIn and somebody will reach out, they want to connect and they'll ask, you know, hey, I'm interested in knowledge management. What do I need to do? And I, I kind of give a standard answer, but I think it's, it's, it's valid is to gain an appreciation of what knowledge management is, which means you've got to do some research. You've got to do some reading. You may also have a background. You may actually have been hired for a position as a knowledge manager, which the position may have been miscast or whatever. But the point is, is you need to get an understanding of, of what knowledge management is and If it's something that you believe you'll enjoy doing, either it's because this is how you operate naturally or it's a a change you want to make, I would say one of the most important things is to find an organization that supports it and understands it, 
And within that organization, find a mentor. Find someone to guide you, to answer your questions, a safe place where you don't know and it's okay to ask so that you can grasp the, and I would call it the fundamentals of the, of the knowledge management discipline. And then I would look for career paths within that organization. There's plenty of uh, resources online. It's a lot of work. It's not something that you can just automatically be into. You really do have to evolve. And, and I, I had a mentor when I started, which is why I, I, I like that answer. Um, someone who, like I said, can answer questions. It's a safe pace, safe place. So even if you think it's a stupid question, it's not because if you don't know the answer, you don't ask about it, you're, you're never going to get it. it. It really is a field where you can't just take the class or become a KM expert. So much of it is experience, it is living it, it is learning from others. So I, I think that that's a great point. I, um, I would like to add one thing. Please. Um, and I've also had a couple of questions, and Zach, you and I have talked about this over the years, and that's the concept of knowledge management certification. The point I would make is that there's value in the courses that are offered for certification, but fundamentally, like engineering, accounting, contracting, you really need an accepted body of knowledge in order to declare that expertise. Over time, when you have a mentor, when you actually work on projects, when you do research, it could be pursuing a master's degree in knowledge management, or it could be pursuing a doctorate in knowledge management, or organizational management. I think it's important to understand the perspective of certification in knowledge management. I do believe that the ISO standard 30401 KM systems that came out is actually going to lend great credibility and a credibility to the knowledge management career field. And I believe over time, um, we will grow to uh, accreditation and certification in knowledge management, which I think is absolutely critical if you want this career field to sustain itself and to grow over time. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, the, the codification of it, the standardization of it, I think is a great step in the right direction. But I go back to your original point. If you're not living KM, if you're not doing it, there's only so much of an expert you can be. Yeah. And if I could just add one more thing, you actually piqued my my memory on that. And, and that is one of the challenges that I find in consulting in organizations is that in organizations where knowledge management has been successful, and I mean, there's an implementation and there's sustainability, the people that are, quote unquote, the knowledge managers, it's a full-time job. It's not an additional duty. It demonstrates the focus on someone being accountable for leveraging the, the knowledge of the organization. And if you're going to get started in that field, you want to look, I believe, over the long term for positions where your total focus can be on the knowledge management discipline. And you can play a very valued and um, an implementation role within that organization to sustain their investment in knowledge management over time. Great. Great point. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how the field is changing. Especially now, you see a lot of advances in technology sort of crashing into the field. But overall, what's the change? What's the advancement that you're most excited about in the field right now? I guess what excites me is the breadth and depth that knowledge management has taken on over time. As I mentioned earlier, knowledge management encompasses, I believe, or is recognized to encompass a lot more than it did 10, 15, 20 years ago. The evolution of technology, the evolution of content, artificial intelligence, 
All of these capabilities are enablers. And I'm a believer that in and of themselves, technology, for example, is not necessarily the main event, but is, it is absolutely critical as part of an organization's ability to use its knowledge and to flow that knowledge across the boundaries of, of the organization. As I look back over it, and I've, I've talked about this in several conferences, is the fact that there's still fundamental and great value in the um, soft skills that are part of knowledge management. How do you engage people? How do you persuade people that there's a value for them to invest their time in sharing what they know to improve performance? How do you capture knowledge from people? How do you capture what they know about what they do, make sense out of it, and characterize that for reuse in the context of that organization, for example? Technology, not yet by itself, is able to get what's in one person's head and move it to another. But the, the value of that art and craft and skill is clearly enhanced by the ability of technology to make that knowledge that you've captured for reuse searchable and the term you like, findability, searchable, findable, accessible, downloadable, and reusable. And there's been huge leaps and bounds in the ability of technology to, to help you to access and move that knowledge across an organization. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. And, you know, you hit on a, a key point. I think too frequently the experts in our field take a hard line that KM is either about people and process, it's about culture, or it's about technology. And I think you made the point really well. It's it's all of the above. You can't really get it right if you're not thinking about it holistically. So tell me, and maybe this is the same answer. You've, you've been around the block a few times. You've worked with a lot of different organizations, both in-house and, and as a consultant. What's the biggest mistake you've seen an organization make or the one that tends to recur you see most frequently? I think I could summarize it as a question. When an organization decides, and that's in quotes, to invest in knowledge management, or as they would say, to do KM, the very first question they ought to be asking themselves is, what outcome do I want from my investment in knowledge management? What do I want to have happen in my organization as a result of taking on a project where I want to leverage the knowledge of the organization? When you can answer that question, you can decide if the answer is really an investment in knowledge management or something else. And then if you can answer that question because you either have a great challenge where the ability to capture and reuse knowledge very quickly can make a, a measurable difference in, in the outcome or something else, um, then you're able to cast that in terms of requirements. I think it's also important that in order to be successful in that investment and, and to avoid the, the mistake of not having a direction, you've really got to understand what you want to do in terms of knowledge management with respect to the reason that you exist, your mission, the business and operational environment in which you operate, and what you may be doing that you don't consider to be knowledge management. What does the knowledge management environment look like? Once you're able to get that perspective, you kind of have a feeling for where you are. And if you don't know where you are, you really can't figure out where you need to go. And so you really have to do that first. And as part of that, one of the mis other mistakes that organizations make is that maybe they work their way through that and they develop a, a knowledge management strategy. But what they also have to do, and I think this is absolutely critical for knowledge management efforts to sustain themselves in organizations, 
is to make sure that the knowledge management strategy is anchored in and tied to the overall organizational strategy. And the reason that's important is because there's really primarily two reasons. One, it gets focus, therefore it gets resourced, therefore it gets leadership attention, and it's part of the direction that the organization is going to move in. And the other is that it sends a message uh, from the top down that this is important to, to our organizational success. So answering the question, what do you want to have happen? What are the requirements that you need to deliver to in order to deliver a knowledge management strategy? Making sure that it's anchored in the overall direction of the organization and ensuring that people, in summary, will see value in investing their time in order to, quote unquote, do knowledge management in the organization, however that's defined. I think that was more than one, but I'll, I'll give you extra credit for it. I'll, uh, I'll yeah. It sounds like it comes back down to the verbs, right? What is what is the organization trying to do that it can't do or it can't do well? Understanding that and figuring out the why of how to fix it is 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 really what you're talking about. There's 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 one other thing that that organizations uh, well, let me cast it like this: some of the attributes of high performing knowledge enabled organizations. Those are the organizations that make knowledge collaboration, knowledge sharing, knowledge capture, and all of that part of the workflow. They build it into the way work is done. So it's not viewed as extra work. If it's viewed as extra work, people have so much on their plates that they're really going to view it as extra work and it's going to get pushed off to the side. But when you can build it into the workflow of the organization, that this becomes the behavior that the organization takes on, that becomes the culture of the organization, you may not even ever talk about knowledge management again, but what you will find is that people learn before, they learn during, they learn after, and they capture those learnings and they make them, they integrate them into the organization. And based on, you know, and all the things we talked about in terms of technology, making it part of the workflow and not extra, people can really see the value of investing their time in knowledge management. Yeah, well done. And in those situations, what we tend to see is that the organization, the individual isn't even saying, I'm doing KM. They're just saying, I'm doing my job. And as a result, it's wired in. They're capturing and sharing and finding the right knowledge in order to, to perform well, right? Absolutely true. Excellent. Well, Bill, thank, thank you very much. Uh, this was great conversation as always. Uh, this was the Enterprise Knowledge Cast. Bill Kaplan, thank you very much. If you want to learn more, please uh, also visit EK's website at enterprise-knowledge.com. Thanks again. Bye-bye.